This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. And not only that, I mean, you guys have evolved to like not only just you know successfully coming out with the game you've come out with like different like plush toys and 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 items right yeah this is like this is pretty cool (laughs) right yeah i think we've been very lucky that uh like all all these people started to uh contact us Mm -hmm. and uh and 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 they were trying to see whether they could do something with with the cat quest characters and we were like yeah why 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 not we would just give it a try and yeah, so far it's been going really well. Yeah, I mean, you 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 obviously caught a niche that people saw a lot of potential with, and you know mm-hmm. you ran with it. And kudos to you guys. By the way, are you still like three people? Uh yeah, we're still, we're still three people. We we brought in one guy uh, for the development of Cat Quest Two, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, it was just a project basis, and he wanted to. Uh, we had to let him go to do other things. Yeah, so we're back to three people. Hey, no problem with that. I yeah. mean, look, you got an independent contractor or outside, you know, source. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that as long as yeah. you get the job done. <laughs> Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Dextrous. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and happy Halloween to you all. This is Halloween, and as per this recording, uh, unfortunately here in Philly, I can't speak for all of you guys out there and wherever you're call, uh, listening from, it is raining hard, profusely, if you will, here in Philadelphia, which I, I feel really bad for the kids, and it looks like it's going to do so all day. It may actually lighten up later on today. I hope it does, because, you know... A rainy day in Halloween, that is the worst. You anticipate all this time. I remember being a kid anticipating all this time to get to this point. And then all of a sudden, it rains. That has got to be the worst. That has absolutely got to be the worst. I hope for the best. I hope that this rain, and it's raining hard out there right now. I hope that it does stop and I hope it doesn't uh, deter any of the uh, parents away from just, you know, having the kids enjoy themselves and, you know, being able to enjoy. And, I don't I guarantee one of my neighbors here is uh, not listening to this, but shout out to whoever in my building actually carved out really cold pumpkins and put it outside our stoop in our apartment building. We have a four floor apartment building where we live at and it's awesome. This is not and this is like really well done pumpkin. Uh, it's that they did out there actually really well carved pumpkins. It's really cool. It really brings a nice little festive light to our uh, place, which never really is kind of festive at all. So, I mean, everybody lives in their own merit. There's a bunch of college kids in this area here, uh, University City. And it, it's really cool. It was really cool that somebody went out of their way to do that. I thought that was awesome. So just a little shout out to that person, to the unnamed hero or person out there for there. But folks... This is Halloween, and this is kind of a Halloween-filled episode. Well, not a Halloween-filled episode, but we do have reviews that I guess you could kind of really... Th- well, one of them definitely 
One of them definitely you could theme as a Halloween theme deal. And the other, because of the customizations, yes, you can really consider this a hate deal. But we're going to review Cat Quest 2, which if you heard the recording before, you've heard Desmond Wong. Uh, if you heard listened to the entire interview, uh, we talked about the making of this game and the anticipation I had for playing this game because I played the first one. I was extremely surprised so much so that i had to reach out to them all the way in singapore and to talk to uh those guys about it and desmond and i had talked once again about what we what to expect here in cat quest 2 and what their intentions are were for the future so uh you, you got to hear a clip of that but if you want to hear the entire interview go to talktimelive.com and uh, it should be close down there. Has it? I don't believe it's been added to the exclusives page yet, but it will be guaranteed very shortly uh, or soon. So it was great to have more on there, and I was eagerly anticipating buying this game. And yes, by the way, I do want to point out all the games that I review, I personally buy. I do not get uh, codes from the actual companies. I haven't really reached out and want to do that yet i do i don't know maybe in the future maybe but i like the idea that it's not a form of entitlement in a sense and i'm not saying that anybody who reviews these games are entitled but it takes away that entitlement uh in a sense that you know and and i feel like it's an unbiased review because i am buying the game i am paying money out of my own pocket to buy this game and I am also, you know, getting my, I, I think I get a better emotion when I actually review a game. So if a game is bad and I spent over a hundred dollars or 60 to a hundred dollars or more on a game and it's bad, you're going to hear it from me tenfold. You're going to, cause I, I don't believe that you get the same feeling when you are entitled to get a review. Like, if you work for, like, an IGN or something like that, and I'm not saying that their reviews aren't valid. I mean, people have questioned some of their reviews based upon who's done it and who's really a fan of that certain genre. But I feel like if you're not entitled and you put the money that you earned into this game and this game sucks, you feel more emotionally intact to that game and the experience of that game and you will be able to recite a review that is more empathetic than any other review that has in that has been granted a a code i i truly believe this i absolutely truly believe this like it's like okay this is this is good or this is bad but i didn't have to pay for it at the same time so but if i did have to pay for it i'm rather going to be very happy that i the game is great or i'm going to be very upset even more upset in my belief than anybody else who has gotten the game for free or whatever like that or, or however they got it so i purchase every game that i've gotten in here to review and this is no different so i did purchase cat quest 2 so if this game sucked i'm sorry like uh you would have heard it for me and I, I don't hold back i don't because these guys are in there i i usually get these guys in here because i know they do a great job and then i would be very very well surprised if i invite all of the guests that we have like the video game developers that i had on the show uh like way forward or you know other guys like i would be very surprised 
if they were to come in and normally a lot of times sometimes they come in after the fact but Desmond came before and I'm usually confident about that they normally do a phenomenal job on their on their IP so I have I had full confidence in this and we'll talk about that on our final stage review for that but also we have another game that I've been waiting to talk about, and that is the uh, remastered version of Ghostbusters. Is Ghostbusters a video game remastered? I never got a chance to play it when it originally came out, and I believe 2009. Uh, and this is, much to people's belief, this is the legit sequel to Ghostbusters 2 and 1. And we're gonna definitely talk about that on our final stage review as well. But for now, we got some news to talk about. Not too much, just a little bit slow news this week in the world of games, but enough for me to talk about it. Some something really big that's happening right now. Reggie Fizeme. And can I tell you once again how happy I am to finally be able to pronounce this man's name for years that he's been employed with Nintendo? All I can say was Reggie. I could never pronounced name or never knew where I or when even when I did see hear the name it I just couldn't find it in me to actually pronounce it properly and it took me uh like a while to keep hearing it to finally get it right and it wasn't until he announced his retirement or his re, uh resigning from the company is when I finally got the name right I'm like that's really odd but okay so Reggie fils is uh going to be awarded with the Andrew Young Legend Awards at this year's New York Game Awards. Now, I don't I'm pretty sure this is not the Game Awards uh that Jeffrey uh actually does every year. This seems like a different uh Game Awards, but nonetheless, this is an awesome honor. And if not, the Game Awards are really they really really should be honoring Reggie. So, if this is not the, I don't believe this is the same awards. Because I believe that one is like the end of October or November, which I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, that show come up. And we will be, you know, reviewing that and running down and reviewing that show again. But uh, and according to uh, IGN, the Andrew Yoon Prize is awarded to those who exhibit a significant sustained body of work that shows exceptional achievement and innovation. Uh, yes, that is absolutely Reggie fils Funny thing about him, and I, I I approached him when he first premiered at Nintendo. I didn't know what to think of him. I When he first did a presentation and, and introduced himself, didn't know what to think of him. He was very charismatic. He was very, he was exactly what Nintendo needed. And he's exact example of what Nintendo needed. He is the template for people like Bowser, who actually is now taking over the company. Still love the fact that they hired a guy with the last name Bowser. Legit. Um, but he is the very template of how he's like the Michael Eisner of Nintendo. I like, you know, Michael Eisner was the guy who used to run um, Disney at one point. And he had that same type of feel. Like, fils actually embodies the Nintendo feel. And I didn't know how to take him when he first came in because he was just way too charismatic. He was a very outspoken dude. He was very he he was very animated. And and he reminded me of how I felt about Missy Elliott when she first came into hip hop. When when Puff 
Well, Puff, uh, Puffy at the time, Puff Daddy or P Diddy, whatever, you introduced him, introduced her into the scene. It was from I forgot what song, "The Things You Do," and she premiered out of nowhere. And she did a style that was a little bit eccentric and different from what we were used to, like in the '90s. And she came in during there, I think, like near the end of the '90s. And Puff saw something in her that no doubt we would eventually assimilate into and she turned out to be one of the greatest you know performers one of the greatest producers in hip-hop history and this is how i this is how i now approach reggie fils same thing very kind of openly animated eccentric type of guy you know uh charismatic guy but as you gradually seen what was happening with nintendo and how he was the face of the america of nintendo of u.s you get it. You understood. He really fits that format. He he fits the spirit. He motivates. I love this guy became his own character. He got himself over, but he also not without getting the brand over. You know, he was able to do that himself. Like he just like Iwata, just like Miyamoto. You know, it, it was just it's it was phenomenal that he were able to do that. So, um he's brought in some great great experiences over the years he i everything that they said about this award fits him to a t and i think he well deserves this uh this guy is a legend now he's absolutely a legend in the game i wish him the best and this is a great honor for him he did reply to this uh he spoke with ign uh, via email and said, uh, it's an honor to be recognized by the New York Game Awards for my work in the industry that I've committed so many years to. But it's not just about the time I've committed to the games in the industry, or the gaming industry for that matter, and specifically Nintendo. It's about the people along the way I had the opportunity to lead, influence, inspire. Re- um, receiving this award is a great reminder that my goals of being and remaining a strategic and leading force in the industry is recognized by my peers. Well said. Well said. I, I got to clap for that. I mean, well said. This is exactly why. And, and you know what's even better is that throughout the years and throughout the years that he's ever worked for the company, that he's ever shown his face, he's always he always known how to conduct himself in the right way he understood business etiquette he didn't overdo it he didn't underdo it he there was never any controversy ever about him i never i really i personally have not heard any bad things about reggie at all and you know for that from from start to finish he kept his nose clean he just he was all about the game he's always been a fan he still is a fan and I'm sure he's still putting his two cents or being a consultant or consoling, you know, consulting them every so often or, you know, they reaching out to him. You know, it's just it's pretty awesome. It's it's pretty damn awesome that he's done. And I commend him. I think he deserves the award. And um, I think this is not going to this is not going to be the only award he gets. Absolutely not. So I, I look forward to, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to see what he's got next. If he's going to do anything or is this is it. He's just totally retired. He's put a lot of work into it. So wouldn't be surprised if he just said that's it. And just walk away into the uh, into the sunlight, you know. So there, um, Death Stranding fans, it's coming this week. I believe it's out tomorrow or today, if I'm correct. It is out this week, if not today, then tomorrow. But for those of you who want to play this game, but on a PC, 
you will have your chance because they have announced that it will be coming to the PC next summer. So they are working on it. According to Gameformer.com, Kojima Productions, which is held by Hideo Kojima himself, uh, has announced that the title will be coming to PC next summer and will be produced by 505 Games and not Sony. Uh, No further details have been announced regarding this version, but the game is set to be released on a PS4 this week, and I'm hoping it's done by a new... It's going to be published by uh, 505 Games. I don't know what that entails. I'm not sure if that means there's going to be some added features, some different things. I know when it comes to PC, everything from frame rate and graphics is boosted up even more. So you know, to 1080p and now 4K. So we'll see what differences is going to be made here. And, you know, hopefully there won't be any problems with that transition to with that game. So we'll see. So, but you guys get a chance to check that out as well. Uh, don't, the other thing that you get to check out is the seven minute trailer that was recently released, which some have said that it involves some very, possible spoilers of the game i know for when after watching now i i don't recall if i remember with uh gimmo Toro was actually a character in the game he's actually in the game as a looks to be a pivotal character in the game uh that i didn't know he looks awesome i think he looks fantastic norma Reedus, of course you know is in there as well a few others um i love that troy baker is now in this game and he's becoming more and more of a I, I really would like to see him some live action stuff. This guy is tremendous. He's done so much over the years in the um, in the gaming industry, and I the dude looks like um, Bradley Cooper for God's sake. I, him and Nolan North like they look like guys who could be in live action, but they are the top of the food chain in uh, in, in the world of games. It, it's it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. So. Uh, I look forward to this game. I still am hesitant about getting this game for a fact of like, I still have no idea what the game is exactly about in a sense, or how is the gameplay? The, they show, you know, they show the gameplay, but it's like, I'm not too sure if it's an action-based game or is it just a exploratory game of some sorts. I know some crazy things are planning to happen, but if the combat of the game is not as exciting, I don't think I want to jump on it just yet. So I'll see. I would have to see for that. But it, I mean, just overall, just from a story-based uh, standpoint, it looks really, really good. So I I think people who are fans of Kojima and fans of what he has brought over the years, I think they'll enjoy it. I enjoy, I've never really, I've played, I've beaten, what did I beat? I beat uh, Snake Eater, which... I was like, why is that? Of all the ones that I had to beat was that one. Because I thought that one was the hardest. Uh, I don't remember if I recall beating uh, Sons of Liberty. I did play it, you know, to an extent. But I don't remember actually finishing that game. It's been a long time. But I do recall beating Snake Eater. Because that was the game where they didn't have all the tech (laughs) that you needed and wanted from the other games. You had to go in, like, totally just surviving everything it was it was crazy but it was such a great experience on the uh, i played the psp version believe it or not so if you enjoyed all the stuff that they did in there you should be able to join i did play i did beat um what was it metal gear rising raiden 
though. That was more my flavor. That was more my speed. It was wacky. It was crazy, but it was still a lot of fun um, to play. It wasn't like as great as what we thought it was going to be, but it was still a fun game nonetheless. So, folks, believe it or not, that is going to do it for all the news that I have. Like I said, this is a really slow week, so I'm going to take a break, come back, and do our dual final stage review of Cat Quest 2 and Ghostbusters, the uh, the remastered video game. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! We are back with our final stage review, and I'm going to start off for the sake of the today's holiday with Ghostbusters, the remastered video game that is out for the PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. And of course, I played the Nintendo Switch version and decided to opt out of the PlayStation 4 version for this one because uh, I just like to have it in my hand. And I want to see how well this looks on a handheld as opposed to obviously would it look really good on the PlayStation 4 version and this one is supposed to be have a fresh coat of paint on this one so the it's a little bit more uh, graphically in tune to the new gen uh, games and it does it actually looks great so you know for years fans have wanted a legit sequel to the iconic Hollywood hits starring some of legend uh, the legends of SNL you know Bill Murray Dan Aykroyd especially um, Harold Ramis which was never really a member and neither was uh, Ernie Hudson but you know it starred those two guys but Ghostbusters 1 and 2 was loved by many mostly number one uh, and included especially and we wanted a follow-up to that. And it was always said that they were going to be a follow-up and never did. But what we got was, Ghostbust- was Ghostbusters the video game. But through so many attempts, the movie never came to fruition. What made it worse was the passing of Harold Ramis, a.k.a. Egon. And he is the co-writer of the actual uh, movie as well with Dan Aykroyd. Um, and without him, it just wouldn't have been the same. However, thankfully... They came up with the idea, or another idea, in the form of this video game that was originally released in 2009. And thank goodness. Thank goodness. I mean, 
in so many ways. So many ways, thank goodness for this, because <laughs> the game had a re- had the returning main cast reprise their roles and recording their voices and likeness with motion capture to create the uh, the much anticipated true sequel to Ghostbusters Two. With the game, with game adaptations, as you guys all know, like of movies, there's a rarity of movies seeking this type of success. I, I can't, I think of like literally one game that was actually good based upon the movie, and that was like Wolverine Origins. That game was like one of the I can't remember any other game based on a movie, and I, maybe Spider Man Two was also said to be good. Um, Spider-Man 2 was a heavy favorite that Activision did. So you had that one. And then Wolverine, uh, which is also an Activision game as well. Uh, Wolverine Origins was also, you know, by many, including myself, absolutely loved that game. A lot better than the actual movie. That was a rare. But then you had other adaptations like Matrix and all that stuff that just sucked completely. I heard um, The Path of Neo was actually good. I've never played that one. But... You had a rare, it was a rarity that a game adaptation of a movie rarely seeked success. Um, it was to everyone's surprise that Ghostbusters, a video game, was met with such surprise and acclaim for this game. Developers' terminal reality went all out to make this game feel like the general article that we all known and love for so many years. It not just with the actors and the settings, but also the musical scores and the comedic style writing. Thanks to, once again, Dan Aykroyd and Harold and the late great Harold Ramis, um, who, you know, they put a lot of passion into this game and it shows, absolutely. The story takes place a few years after the events of Ghostbusters 2, which also people is like, this is no doubt the, you, there's no doubt right now that this game is the absolute sequel to Ghostbusters. And would they make a Ghostbusters movie afterwards? It's got to be considered um, Ghostbusters Four because they are make like uh, Paul Rudd will be a part of that version, and all the cast will be back. However, it 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 absolutely has to be considered four, and they have to include some. I mean, they don't really have to, but they it'd be really nice that they include some of the events that happen in this game. And would and actually, you know, added to it because I think that this game was so well done that it shouldn't be left out. It shouldn't be like it shouldn't be portrayed as a game that never existed. This, in fact, existed, and it, it's it fits right into the world so much. So let's talk about uh, the fact that oh, let's finish up with the story too. The story does take place, you know, so like years after that event. So it's like the early 90s or late 90s or mid 90s or something like that. And you play as a new employee joining the Fab Four as new as a new paranormal threat comes into the city once again. And they these guys are employed by the city. Actually, this time around, too, which was very interesting that now they're not just employed. They didn't get employed by the city. They work for the city now. So they're like they're not government owned. They're city owned. So they're in the same process they're on payroll much like you would say I, I think much like you would say um 
like the trash, like trashmen or, you know, uh, city citation, you know, or parking authority, you know, Ghostbusters are in that frame now. So they're they're being monitored by the city and also paid by the city as well. Uh, you know, so any damages that occur, whatever. And I, I like that factor because it makes sense. These guys have saved the city more than one occasion. Why not? Then the mayor absolutely, you know, embody them as part of the city patrol. You know, these are special, like, this is no different than the police. These are no different than the fire department. Like, these guys are a part of the city now. So, and weirdly enough that only the Ghostbuster, only New York is inhabited by ghosts and nobody else. <laughs> and I know that I think I've read one time, and I think uh, Dan Aykroyd did say that eventually the idea was to have Ghostbusters in all over the country, which makes a lot of sense because it can't be just New York that is inhabited with ghosts. It, it should be spread out. But, you know, right now they're still focusing on New York as the actual setting for this. Hopefully, hopefully in the new Ghostbusters movie that will be that's in the making right now, they'll add other cities and everything that are inhabited and they, eventually it'll grow to something different because it really should be Ghostbusters in different towns. And I think that'll help expand the um, the story and the universe for Ghostbusters as well. So it, it just makes sense. And especially in, in, in today's logic. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the gameplay for this. Ghostbusters uh, plays in a third-person shooter style, much like uh, Gears of War and Transformers, War and Cybertron, and more those. You know, normally not my cup of tea, because only because... I love games where you can see all of the, you know, the character form uh, and not just the back of it. And I, I really, I, so even if you pan the camera around left and right, you never see the front of the character. And it's like, to me, it's like, oh, that's kind of a waste. I like to see the, the character movement. But for this one, compared to those other games, this is a more lighthearted and user-friendly third-person shooter like i played gears, gears of war years back when i actually owned the xbox i was i just couldn't get into that game because it's just it was hardcore it was for the hardcore there's a there's a lot of hardcore fans that are into that genre i wasn't in particular um warren cybertron because of my fandom for transformers i stuck through it and i actually did enjoy it it's not a it's not one of my go back to transformer games like if i like any transformer game then um devastate devastator is my all-time favorite <laughs> bar none it's like i think that's the greatest transformers game ever uh because it's a it's a action rpgs type of game whereas this one as beautiful as that one is it was like a third person shooter but i digress this one right here although it is a third person shooter i do enjoy that this was a very light paced version of the game it was it was more focused on storytelling than it was actual. I mean, they, I believe there is difficulty levels for it. Now, also, I like that, too, if you want to challenge yourself more. But it was also just it, you wanted to be a Ghostbuster. You wanted to f know how it feels to be a Ghostbuster and not a gamer. That's I think I like about this game. It wasn't about you being a gamer for the game. It was about you being invested in being a Ghostbuster. And that's what I felt like they did for this with... Uh, what the company actually has done for this game. And I thought they did a really great job with that. Um, I would even say that this is the best for those who've never played a third person shooter before. Like 
this is a good starter game and then moving gradually up to other games like that like this this is how i really feel about this game this is a great user-friendly starter third person shooter game um there's some really cool new additions uh some cool additions to this game uh is one of my in particular favorites and i love what they did to expand on the aspect in universe of ghostbusters and that is the different types of proton weapon uh pack you know uh, proton weapons and gears that you have in here that that you develop going through stages the use of this this new mode of these new modes flow really well with, um, when facing certain ghosts of each which requires you to use one of the others so there's like not a wasted uh feature in this game so if you get so like for instance the slime feature for the proton pack it's used to open up new areas or you know take out some certain particular ghost and i like that factor i like that some features some of the modes the proton pack modes won't affect certain ghosts so you have to use the one that you're that will use best for it so you're it's a it's actually forcing you to be more consistent to use all of them at some point in time so i, I what was the game um gunvolt chronicles which i did enjoy that game but i found it to be unbalanced because of the fact that you couldn't if you guys remember that review that you couldn't really uh all you needed was one of their weapons to beat all of the enemies in the game like you didn't have to use any of the other weapons that he used there was really absolutely no point i enjoyed the game just playing all of that but i was kind of lost at the fact that there was no real use for the other um weapons that you gain throughout the game this game in particular like there are no wasted motions there are no wasted um weapons in this game everything had a purpose for it and i really liked that a lot um this is a, the consistency of imbalance uh while never relying on just one weapon was a great thing to have in here uh the other cool thing is the pacing is is pacing yourself when the proton packs uh come in as you it, you will overheat them so you can't use them consistently all the time otherwise you your meter in the back and i love the fact that there is no real meter in the game that like the meter is subtly on your in, in your proton pack you if you look at your proton pack it reacts to how you are you get knocked down a lot and you rarely do lose but you got to get back up and run away and recover because the ghosts never really hurt you in the movie they just take you out to, to some extent but you can eventually if you don't look out if you constantly are getting hit you do lose out but also you lose out the ability to use your proton packs if you don't you know uh you know take out the, the heat from it so they will overheat and you have to exhaust the heat from it in order to use it again which means it allows you to be more strategic it allows you to move around a little bit more and you know to a better position to get the ghost and to drag the ghost down um you will also have the ability to upgrade your proton pack it to make them much more durable uh and sustainable to overheat uh, the next time around you will do that by earning money from catching ghosts in the career mode which is actually your story mode from here so by the way the one of the things i do love about the uh the actors in here well i'll talk about that in a minute i'll talk about it in a minute the career mode will also allow you to go back to stages and complete and earn more money if need be to get uh to 
upgrade your proton packs, and you would definitely need to do that. And there's some cool elements to it as well. Uh, when you're lassoing the ghost and you take out your proton pack and you toss it, it allows you to actually um, slam the actual ghost down and such like that, so you gain those abilities. So there's some really fun things that you never got a chance to see in the original game, nor or the other uh, Ghostbusters game, uh, the Ghostbusters movie, which with the all female cast either. So which I, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I actually didn't mind that game. I mean that movie. I don't. I didn't see the big deal about why people were hating on that movie. I just don't. I just and. Another thing off subject on that new sort of on subject. Whenever I listen or I read or talk to somebody about their disdain for the all female cast of this movie, it's never a real concise or or, or, or legit. It, it like their their reasons for hating that movie never it, it never really has any merit to it. It's it's just like it just sucked. It, it's like it's like a one worded. Or one one word affiliation as to why it sucked. It's not. It's like it never really is. The comedy on air, to me, it 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 had its own comedy, but it never really felt off. And again, as much as we love our beloved Ghostbusters and how iconic this movie is, it is not an Oscar winner by any stretch. This movie was fun, but it was like it wasn't anything like to take home like i don't i I'd never understood i actually enjoyed i laughed and giggled uh, watching ghostbusters i didn't i just never understood it, it, it other than i think there was just a bunch of sexism <laughs> going on here and people are not hating it just because it was all women plain and simple and that was that's pretty much otherwise i thought um i thought they all did a great job with it i thought it was a great turnaround different version it, it, I just thought that you got a bad rap with that. But I digress. Going in, we're going to the presentation portion of this game. The game is fantastic when it comes to the story. Everything about the way they made this game feel very familiar with tons of fanfare from the other two movies was just great. And the follow up to everything. They, I mean, they just, again, thanks to Ramus and Ackroyd, they did a great job sticking to everything that happened in the last two games and following up, you know, fluidly very fluidly with that uh the fact that is based on the early 90s and they kept up with some of the era you know uh the era feel to it was greatly done so you know i as a person who lived in in that around that time i liked that they kept with that genre feel and it, it was really well done um if you didn't have a controller in in the graphics where new gen lovable uh would be you know you believe that this movie was actually real it, it i mean it did look just like the characters but at the same time they were a little bit it looked like an animated version of the characters but this the presentation of it all you really got into it as if it was the real movie and that's what i think i was trying to put it on across so like if you didn't have a controller in the graphics probably were a step up and it looked like maybe like what they did with spider-man maybe or something like that or death stranding um i would have really thought if you know i would have really thought that this was actually the movie itself just looking at the cutscenes and everything uh if they would if they were to do this now but they couldn't obviously for obvious reasons they were able to do this now and you know ramus was still alive and whatever like that 
and they just totally revamped it to that level, it would have looked like the legit movie at this point. So, um, the character design, although not totally up to scale with the newer games, uh, in the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, it still looks fantastic. Um, it, it's fantastic. It, it really, the lighting the sh- uh, and the shadowing and the facial features of the uh, of each character just looks great. It just looks absolutely great. So, I really enjoyed what they did with this game. So, um, also... Getting to hear your favorite characters and and do what they do best in the game, the mannerisms of like um, Phil Murray, of Bill Murray, you know, be Peter Vinkman, and you know, I just it's it's so much fun. It is it as a person who you know grew up watching those two movies, it made you feel right at home, and I think that's the that was the idea of what they were trying to do. It made you feel like it was they was right at home. I I would love for them to do a documentary on the making of this game if they haven't already i think just for the fact that um you know not the ramus is gone and just what they've done to put this together i i really would love to them to talk about this game this game is very significant to not only to not only like video um video games but also hollywood this a lot of there are a lot of people who are gamers out there and they will be really interested to know that the third installment of the movie is hidden in the gaming industry <laughs> that's just awesome though just a significant of that it's just all this this to me is a a phenomenon like et in the um in the mine hit um in the landfill uh, storyline this is like up right up there with that so and, and and honestly they didn't miss a beat with the characteristics and mannerisms of the original four i absolutely loved it um the other characters too as well these um i forgot the woman who plays on um young sheldon and she played on designing women she and she played the um secretary in the movie i forgot her name she's such a great actress um uh, she's in it as well melissa milano Alyssa milano is now the featured woman in this game and the story behind that was they wanted Sigourney Weaver and Sigourney Weaver apparently declined it and until she found out and until it was too little too late and she found out that the original that all the original cast was going to be a part of it and then she wanted to jump back on but it was too late and Alyssa Milano became the actual character that Peter Vinkman was going to be hot on throughout this game so and honestly I like the fact that I mean, I, I'd rather they go on. If they weren't going to be together anyway, then I'd rather them just move on and just, you know, end up being together or whatever, or just him going out. Because Peter Vickman was always like kind of the, you know, Charlie Harper type of character. He was just a womanizing dude. I don't, he didn't have that Charlie Harper swag, but he always managed to find his way in. <laughs> some way somehow so the game levels uh look great and some of your favorite areas from the movies is in this game as well including the library uh new york city uh landscape area the stay puff marshmallow man is back of course you cannot have ghostbusters without the stay puff marshmallow man for some reason so my only negative to this game i only got one negative to this game because everything about this game was absolutely awesome and this is like a nitpick at best and my only negative is that if you can uh, call that 
I that I could call about this game is that I wish that they actually would have allowed you or create, had a creative suite to allow you to create your own avatar to play as the new employee that ends up joining the Ghostbusters, uh, you know, group. But having that said, it doesn't really take away from the game. I it, I don't mind playing this this odd new character um, that joins the the uh, group. But it would have been awesome to be able to create your own character. But again, I'm thinking. I don't know how well I've never heard of this company until now. Uh, I don't know how well they are in doing creative suite building or creating a tool, a building a tool set to create your own character. That I, I, after after um, WWE 2K20 and seeing what uh, Visual Concepts have done, I come to understanding and Blind Squirrel to that extent as well. I come to the understanding that not everybody knows how to make a creative suite <laughs> in a video game. That it's a very well-detailed process. And if they can't do it, stick to your strengths. Accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. And that's what they did for this game. And with that said, this game is very well done. Overall, even though, you know, we can't get the movie that we wanted to see in a big screen. And uh, not... To, to this extent we will be getting a movie with the original cast of course not all of them will be there but rick moranis was also the one missing out of this game as well if i'm correct but and nobody's really seen rick moranis in ages anyway i don't even know if he's still around that's an interesting thing but even though we're not going to get that movie on the big screen many are very happy that we that they made this game and if you're a fan of this series and a gamer as well, it's even more special uh, to get to enjoy these things as well. But I, I think they should do a documentary on this game to let the fans know who are not gamers that there is a third movie and a third storyline on the movie. And it is in this game. This is the part where I tell Roger Ebert, rest in peace, but this is the part where I would tell him to stick it because... He said that games is an art, but you got a game based on a movie that I believe he gave two thumbs up to at the time when it was out. Him and him and Gene Siskel, I believe, gave a thumbs up to that movie when it was out. I got to look back at that. I got to look back at that to be sure. I don't quote me on that, but I believe they did enjoy that movie. That he praises that movie and considers that cinema. But here you have a game with a story that actually assimilates into the other movies. And if you if you take away the gameplay, if you take away all that and you just got the storyline, you have a third movie. They did just as much as what they did with this movie. I mean, with this game as you would do with the actual movie. Is this not art? Is this not art? Is this not cinema? You know, what, what, what is that's the question here? Is video games art? If you did what these guys have done with this game, you have to argue that 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 uh, essay that he did, that blog that he did, that yes, it is art. This totally, totally proves that he's wrong on this note. You cannot tell me that they that they. Um, 
they diluted narrative. They did not dilute narrative or concept or storytelling in this game. They gave the same quality movie storytelling and writing that they would for the other original two movies. And it was great. That's all I got to say. And oh, actually, it's not all we got to say. So if any of every talk about that they wish they had a sequel to Ghostbusters 2, it's right here, whether you like it or not. And I can tell you this, Bustin' never made me feel so good after playing this game. And for that, this game, I give an A, bar none. And I know a lot of people have praised this game before. Um, it holds. It still stands. I think it's great. If you want a truly fun, not-too-scary Halloween-themed game, Ghostbusters, the remastered video game, is for you. It's available out now on Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation 4. Jump on it. So, I want to say I want to save the best for last, but in honor of these guys, I had to go last for this because this is the marquee. This to me is the marquee uh, game, and that's Cat Quest 2. And I've been playing the Lupus Empire. I've been waiting to play this game for so long. I am a big fan of the Gentle Brothers. I'm a big fan of what Desmond Wong and the gang have done. And by the way, thank Desmond once again for being on the show and talking about this game. Uh, the game was already out. I opted out to play the iOS game because it was out on iOS already. I believe Steam might have had it before and it was waiting to come out for the Switch. So I enjoyed playing it on the Switch before, so I waited to play it now. So it was already out during the time that we already had this conversation, but not many people were able to play it because a lot of people, some people just don't play on iOS. Others don't play on Steam and you have a whole new base and play it PlayStation 4 as well. Uh, I believe it came out the same time as well for uh on a play on a ps4 and the uh it's on all the systems at this point if i'm correct so this game i love the first one i even love the second one better this to me was the it, it was the super mario brothers 2 for me uh version of this game it, it really it, it really had that feel to it and these guys did a great job. The Gentle Brothers, if you don't remember, if you didn't hear the interview, and I'm, again, I I implore you to go to TalkToMLive.com and go and check out that interview, that uh, my second interview with Desmond Wong uh, as we talk about this game. There's only four. Actually, initially, there are only three people who work for this company. They added a fourth guy to add on some other bells and whistles that they needed to for the game. He was a uh, temporary a, uh, a temporary contractor if you will but they added him on to do this project and so you got four people four people to do a game that is usually done by an entire team of people the game brings you just as much quality as you would a zelda title four people did this sometimes i interview people who only did who were the only person that did these games and this is the fascination of indie gaming you have some very passionate people who are able to create some beautiful, beautiful games. And I pray that this game gets nominated for another award because it deserves it. Let's talk about the story real quick. This doesn't exactly pick, uh, pick up where the original game left off. Instead, sort of via Final Fantasy style, they start up with a new story headed, I believe, maybe years later from the original game. If I'm correct, if I remember correctly what Desmond told me, but under, uh, under uh, 
what is this? Under threat come from a continuing war between the cats of Feline Guard and the advancing Lupus Empire, Cat Quest 2 will tell the tale of two rivals brought together against their will on a journey of discovery. Can they put aside their differences and bring peace to the world? And this is coming from this is the storyline coming from the actual website itself. Um, yeah, this is a brand new story in the world of uh, Feline Guard and beyond. And they say beyond because there's some new territory that you will be venturing from. So this time around, you not only have one huge mapped land, you have to journey through two. They expanded it so hugely, and the first one was huge. And this is a again, this is I know there's a game that tried to do what they did before and it i it really irritates me to see when somebody does something really original that other people are going to try to mimic it in a sense like no do your own thing these guys once again have made their stage into what it what is actually a map and this time around they expanded it even bigger and it, it you have so much territory to run through in this game the the little uh smoke and mirrors and bells and whistles that they made to make this game do what it does it's absolutely amazing it's very smartly done and, and dynamic as well um so you got two areas that you're going to be mapped out and you got to be traveling in this sequel we have the land known as lupus which is a region where the only dogs live and of course there has always been a dissension between the two races however as the story tells the two uh, very destined cat and dogs of royalty are guided by um, the spirit cat, Kiri, Kiri, who you guys remember from the first game, uh, which were all brought together to uh, to land to fight a dire evil that they together have a chance of defeating. And if you guys remember, we talked about this in the interview as well as the if you played the first game, there was some preludes to this situation coming so there even though there is a different story and a different era uh, different time era or whatever there is a slight connection to the first game and there's and if you again you heard the interview this is a saga this is not just a you know a going to be a sequel a, a, a just like one or two three sequels this is a saga that they're creating much like the mcu so which is kind of inspired by uh the mcu so um i will not spoil the story i will stop right there and i will not spoil the story as it actually has some blow away surprises within the development of the story in here so um i i just i'm gonna say at best i really enjoyed what these guys have done writing this story and and revealing some having some of the most revealing aspects of the story come about and what's going to happen next it was really well done uh i thought the writing was really well done i thought the dialogue was hilarious uh just the puns i didn't have any problem with the puns at all i really enjoyed it i think i thought they fit if somebody has a problem with them that's their deal they may be over analyzing it way too much and making up too much of a big deal of uh out of it and honestly i i really had no trouble with it i had absolutely no trouble at all with this as well so all new switch and co uh co-op gameplay uh options are here now because now you're playing with a cat and a dog character and you can play by yourself or you can play with a friend and control one or the other character. So um, it, I, that's always great. The, I love the ability to switch the characters around this time. So it's kind of, um, what is it like? It's 
sort of kind of like Mario Superstars where you have Mario and Luigi and you can switch on every so often. I do wish that they would have had it in a way that there's some, I wish they had some certain type of puzzles or maybe some combos that they would be able to embed in the game that can allow them to do some massive attacks or super attacks with each using the teamwork of both of them after a while. That would have been awesome. But it's still really cool to be able to switch to the dog character and allow him to use some things as well. It's, very, it's a very simple set, but I hope that in the third game, if they do this again or if they add another character to it that something like marvel ultimate alliance 3 that they would have a ultimate attack that we, that all of them would have to team up to be able to do together uh that was the one thing that was left out and maybe that's coming who knows you know this is they are set to be doing some more with this game as well so um the other thing the other plus i really liked uh, about the game was the control scheme uh much like the last time it, they were very fluid, easy to use, simple but a very effective uh, attack buttons, evade buttons, the new button to switch your characters from left to right, and then the shoulder buttons, which allows you to control the spells in the game. The other plus to this game that I like uh, with the control scheme is your ability to use the analog or the D-pad. So if you're comfortable with one or the other, you can use it at your leisure as well. I like that they give you the free will to be able to use both. So new weapon types as well. You got sword, staffs, axe, uh, you know, axe weapons as well uh, have been added for death and combat. I do want to note that the staffs in the game uh, are very, it's an interesting weapon here because it is meant for long range attacks. However, they smartly made this a, a very effective tool with a handicap, if you will. Um, in exchange for the long-range attacks, and some of the attacks are powerful, especially how if you upgrade it. In exchange for the long-range attacks, which gives you kind of an advantage and a, uh, of you know a long-reach advantage, if you will, you sacrifice a lump sum of your HP. So what it does is that it actually makes for a more challenging and surprisingly less irritating gameplay strategy. So in other words, if you use the staff you have to keep shooting from long range and aiming at long range and you're pretty much being defensive you're being defensive so think of it from a fighting aspect i would say anderson silva i'll give anderson silva from the ufc a great example of this he has long john jones to that extent too both of those guys have long limbs they have long hands long arms that allows them to do jabs without getting without anybody trying to get to their face or not unless the opponent that they have who may not have as long arms to reach off so they can kind of just hit you um they can hit you with their long arms and not and not be any not and their faces not being anywhere near the fist of the other opponent this is kind of the same thing the long range advantage allows you to get a hit but not get hit at the same time you don't have enough energy so if you do get hit it causes you to you know you could die you could die very easily if you get hit because you don't have that much uh hp of a uh, hp gauge by using it now the cool part about this if you do die that you can if one of your characters die you can revive them with a little bit of energy in hopes that you survive the battle that you're at in order to get to a safe staff, which will revitalize you completely full and fill up your gauge. So from there. So 
if both of you die, then the game is over and you start from your save point from there. So it's a really good, fair game strategy. And I can tell you this, leveling up is very quick, very easy. They, I like the fact that, and you can level up. I believe the highest level is like 150. I'm at 111. And there's still a lot of game to play even after the game. Trust me. Um, there's some other really hidden things. There's some gold uh, chests that you got to do and you got to unlock that. And let me tell you, all of that is worth it because there's some really fun things that you get to do in that game as well. Um, I do enjoy using a staff weapon. I actually love using the sword weapons especially as well. But again, we just talked about this. Much like Ghostbusters, every weapon you gain has its use and importance throughout the game and adventure using the staff allows you to you know approach enemies different some enemies require that you use the weapon which uh gives it more importance any a lot of these weapons you uh, there are certain weapons that you can't use that like the staff is only like for stone uh enemies you got to use the staff uh, so there's nothing wasted in this game. There's nothing wasted in this game. Nothing at all. Weapons such as the swords and the axes, uh, again, from a design standpoint, are beautifully as, as beautifully designed as ever and provide a ton of detail for each of them. I mean, I, I this is one of the things I look forward to playing this game is to seeing the de- amount of detail that has been drawn into these the weapons, the costumes, the character design, all it's just so beautifully, beautifully drawn and detailed. I, the designer is just awesome. I don't, I, that's one of the things I really didn't talk about with him is who is the person, and maybe I did on a first, I don't know if I did that on a first interview, I gotta go back and check, but kudos to the designer, and it might be Desmond himself, who knows, I'm not sure, but kudos to the designer and whoever drew these uh, character designs and the weapon designs, they're, they're so awesome. They're absolutely awesome. And not only that, I mean, it, it just, every, they, each one has a purpose, as I said. Uh, as you venture further through the game, you also have the opportunity to upgrade your clothes, your headgear, and weapons with the help of Hoto Doggo and Kit Kat, which are you know, you, you'll be talking with them. They're um, people to help you along the way. But also, uh, Hoto Doggo, which I, I swear to goodness, he looks like he's supposed to be Hattori uh, Hanzo uh, from the old uh, Japanese feudal war movies. And if you cr- remember correctly, he was also in Kill Bill. So I think he's, I, I, I haven't asked about this, but because I didn't know about this character until now, but he reminds me of Hattori, uh, Hattori Hanzo, who is the sword maker uh, in Kill Bill. I, it just feels like he's uh, reminiscent of that character. And then there's Kit Kat, who also helps you uh, upgrade your armor as well. So if you are in the, if you're in the uh, feline guard area, then she will help you there. If you go to the lupus area with the dogs, he will upgrade your, your swords or whatnot there. So, you, it, it, again, everything has its importance. If you need to travel, you need to travel to the other side in order to get it. So it gives you a reason to go to the other side. Very well balanced, uh, you know, strat, strategy and uh, thought process in this game. So more, there are also more spells this time around. Now you can mix and match spells between the two characters, which is fun and strategic. So setting the right combo of spells, which definitely helps you through certain parts of the game, is a big, big deal. 
in this game. Again, everything in this game has a purpose and is not wasted. I, I cannot stop saying it enough. That is just like the one thing that you absolutely notice in this game, and it's awesome. New gear with abilities uh, whose attributes can be mixed and matched in endless possibilities. And again, once again, as you go around every part of the map, you will find new gear, new armor, such like that. And if I remember correctly, the last game, there is more to come. There's absolutely more to come. And I actually got confirmation of that as well. Tons of clothes, headgear, armor that you acquire throughout the game. And which, ha you know, it just all again has its purses and factor in the factors into the gameplay. Um, some of the items that you get are just absolutely fantastic looking. It's just really cool to see. Uh, I know one thing, at, like, at the end of the game, one of the uh, things I got was, like, some head and a beard gear. So it gives, the, like, it gives the cat and the dog a different look, a little bit more of a, you know, like, an elder look to it. It's really cool. So, my and then there's the side quests, too. I want to point that out. Some of the side quests are really, I, I absolutely enjoy it. All of, like I said, all of the dialogue in the game is very enjoyable. It doesn't feel, like, tedious to read. And such like that. There are some games that I play there, like it's just constant dialogue, and it's just some of it is not as fun to read, and I just end up just skipping over and skipping over and skipping. This one, no, I I love it. They, the, I love the puns. I love everything about it, and some of the side quests are really fun to play. Uh, and then you're greatly rewarded with some of them, and you're greatly upgraded doing the quest. So they do want you to do the quest. You. I highly recommend that you do side quests in this game because you're greatly rewarded in one way or another. Whether you're going to level up huge from the uh, from the side quest and or you'll get some other great gear from it as well. Uh, I can tell you now, my favorite side quest in this game is anything that involves the appearance of the Gentle Brothers uh, uh, staff as cats. It is a very funny thing. It's a tongue-in-cheek, breaking-the-fourth-wall type of thing that they do. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek, you know, humor in this game as well. They, the, the whole thing about this game, and if, like I said, if you talk to Desmond, or if you listen to Desmond on, on the interview, he, it just looks, it just sounds like they have so much fun. And I, that's the absolute reason why they decided to create Gentle Brothers and go on their own, was to create games that they can enjoy and have fun with. It's the reason why I left my job, my like my actual uh, corporate gig a long time ago because I wanted to do something fun and have fun with it and give it my all, my, give it my true passion. And this is why I enjoy talking to guys like these because they make some great games. They can prove that they could do it on their own. They don't need a sea of 100 people, even though it always helps to have 100. Like Way Forward started off with a small group, but now they're a group of over 100 now. Uh, Gentle Brothers they're just four um what is it uh zeo i believe uh yeo actually who did the uh the friends of uh ringo ishikawa one dude did that uh they, i forgot what the game that i just played that only one guy did and the other guy did the music so you know these indie developers are phenomenal they they give you inspiration to know that you can do what you love and enjoy it and have fun and 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 benefit reward reward from it more than just getting paid it's just a reward of being able to create some really great content and this is no different so overall if you are a fan if you are fans of really well done over the top dungeon exploring action rpg games then look no further than cat quest 2 i only paid 12.99 for this game 
I swear it was $14.99, but I paid $12.99, or I think I believe it was $12.99 or something like that, for this game on a Switch. I do believe, and I hate to tell people this, I, if Desmond, if you listen to this, I hate to tell you this, bro, you're undercharging for this game. You're deeply undercharging this game. I would have paid 30 easily for this game, for what you've done, for what you guys have done. Uh, in my opinion, this is much, much more worth the money, in my opinion. Um, this game was this game is absolutely awesome. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the, the, the gameplay. Uh, I enjoyed this game. I was as much entertained with this game as I was with that of Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. I'm not joking when I say that. That is absolutely the truth. I smiled and gleed when I played that game. I did just as the same in this game, and it is just as deep. It actually... This game has way more content and way more um, weapons and accessories and everything than Legend of Zelda has ever had in their games. I can safely say that. If you can remember Legend of Zelda weapons and games off the top of off your hand, the boomerang, the bomb, the sword, <laughs> the hook. <laughs> These are the essential things that are in Zelda games. You know this for sure. And I'm probably missing one more. But those are the essentials. Cat Quest 2 has a ton of different games. And not only that, I forgot to mention, not only do they have the actual yeah, a large assortment of weapons and, and clothing for you to wear and gear for you to have, when you beat the game, there are some extra royalty abilities that you gain so when like for instance if you're dodging if you're evading an attack you can evade and your invade still you know gives damage to the enemy because you're passing through them there's critical uh damage as well i mean there's there's some extra things that you get aside from all that as well that you gain when you do um some of the tombs or the uh the tunnels or whatever like that so this game provides honestly more than what a zelda game has given you and they charging only $12.99, $14.99 for this game? Dude, you're getting your money's worth. If you're a fan of Zelda, you will no doubt be a fan. If you're not only let me add on to that. If you're a fan of Zelda, but also is also are a cat, a dog, or just a pet owner and, and pet lover as well, you cannot go wrong with this game. This game sticks to your heart in so many ways and the sound effects of the dog and the cats things it's so funny and subtly great the background music the the music score that they use in this game is just absolutely awesome uh it, it just everything about it is just top grade fun you i can compare this game in the first game up to any triple a game or any third party top top game that is out there right now bar none i really hope they i honestly after playing this game and i know there's going to be more to come uh yeah absolutely there's absolutely more to come um i hope that this game gets an indie nomination from the game awards or not i really hope that jeff Keighley sees this game have played this game or whatnot and really i i they need to be nominated they need to be nominated for this game this game is absolutely one of the best games i played this year bar none i'm absolutely saying it now one of the best games I've played this year. Um, I do want to know, and if, uh, for, let me, how can I say that? How can I just go past this? Uh, so my grade, I mean, you heard me praise this. I'm standing by this. I'm sticking to this. This is worth my money. This is worth more of my money. 
a game like this gets an A plus for me. Pardon it. Remember, I paid this out of my own damn pocket. <laughs> so I just I'm not just, you know, shooting things out of my ass. This game is legitly legitimately fun. I, I absolutely it's more than fun. Um I love this as much as I love, like I said, Link's Awakening. I love this as much as I love Ultimate Alliance 3. I think it was just that good. Trust me, I would if this was this was bad, we would not be having this conversation right now. So I do want to note that I did reach out to Desmond uh a while back. Um to, for further information about the aftermath of this game and of course if you remember last year they got uh new features new elements new additions uh added things some new story elements this time around uh and of course new game plus which he did confirm to me will be added and they're working on it which will be coming soon uh so stay tuned for that and much much more so folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you enjoyed it again happy halloween to you all i don't think it's raining anymore I don't think it's raining anymore, so hopefully it's about 11, going on 11, close to 11.30 right now, so hopefully this is it. Hopefully you guys will get to enjoy Halloween the way that you want to, and uh, I'm going to go back into my Peloton bike and chill after this, so <laughs> I just got, so um, I hope you guys have a great time this Sunday. Terminator Dark Fate is coming. I'm going to check that movie out. I'm going to review it and let you know what I think about it. As well as we just got the unfortunate news uh, that on uh, October 29th, we lost a very iconic comedic figure in the world of Hollywood and black comedy. John Witherspoon. You guys know him from Friday. You guys know him from uh, Boondocks. He played uh, Robert Freeman on a Boondocks. He played on eight Boomerang. I, t- I mean, t- the Wayne's Brothers, uh, Black Jesus recently. God, I mean, just he's the dude was constantly working. I just seen him on the DL Hughley show last Thursday. Just last Thursday, they just interviewed this guy, and he just he looked like he was in great condition. Unfortunately, we lost him on the 29th. It's very sad. He died at 77, but and uh, thoughts and prayers to the family and friends and all of the friends of him. Uh, I put up a post, a uh, little tribute post on an ACMG Facebook group, which people are sharing their favorite movies, scenes, whatever from him on there. And um, we're going to talk about the life and times and some of the best moments that I've had with, uh, not that I didn't have with him, but I enjoyed of his work throughout the years of him uh he sh- there would never be another john witherspoon there'd never be another one guaranteed and we're going to celebrate the life of him on sunday as well as well as uh any news that will be coming in our favorite fandoms as well next week on uh select start i got a ton of games that we're going to be talking about and, and as the weeks come but i will uh be talking about mario and sonic at the Olympics Games in Tokyo 2020, which will be coming out next Tuesday. I'm looking forward to uh, talking about that game and any news that comes about in the world of gaming. Hopefully, there will be more news coming next week. We're getting closer to the Game Wars, so um, hopefully we'll get some information as to who's been nominated for that and what's going on with that whole thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that it's still going to be a thing or whatever like that. And then next week, I believe the Stereo Titans will be back. So we will have a talk time exclusive talking about their new album, new projects that they're working on and much, much more. So folks, thank you so much uh, for checking us out. You can check me out on Instagram at Xavier Josiah or Xavier underscore Josiah. Uh, You can follow me there. You can also check out 
about the show on TalkTownLive.com. You can check out all of our interviews. Uh, recent interviews, I got to upload. I got to put on the uh, exclusive page, but you can check the exclusive page for majority of the interviews that's been up there already for some of our favorites in the world of our favorite fandoms. And you can also check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. I did miss that out. Uh, I, I, I believe, yeah, let me say it again. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. So there you go. <laughs> and all those as well. If you want to join our ACMG Facebook group, you could go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. You have to have a legit profile. Has to be like at least five years or more. It has to be engaging. You, I have to see that you are engaging with your friends or whatever like that. It, it, you, it has to be legit. We don't want any fake profiles. We don't want any extra profiles we want you we want you not to be afraid to socialize we don't want you to become an introvert we want you to be in a safe environment which acmg is it's damn near wakanda for god's sake on social media because not everybody gets in so but it's an exclusive group of fans that rather enjoy the content that we have and we do have some great content. We do have some great events. We do connect rather offline and offline in a group, but it's a special group. So definitely check us out there. Again, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. Uh, and if you're legit, we'll let you in and you do get to enjoy it. And we highly recommend you just socialize because it's social media. You're supposed to be socializing with people. It's, it's so pointless these days for these kids today. And I hate to be the hate to say the kids today thing because that just tells me I'm getting up there. But it is true. It is absolutely true it, that this generation are very well introverted into not being social. I, I the, the it, it's counterproductive that social media has allowed people not to be social anymore. And when they do, it's for the wrong reasons. So. There are other groups out there that are very positive and that are not ventured in our groups. They're very outspoken. Why not us? You know, let our generation, let our fandom, let our, you know, what we love be expressed by all of them and let us enjoy with each other as friends. So that's what ACMG is all about, people. That'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.